Welcome back for another episode of Leader Generation, where marketing experts join us to explore digital and content marketing strategies that support sales teams and contribute to business growth. Our host today is Cheryl Beam, Director of Copywriting at Tenlo. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Leader Generation podcast. Today, I'm here with Tessa Berg, who I'm sure you recognize because she's the primary host of the show. She's also the Chief Technology Officer here at Tenlo. Welcome, Tessa, to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited <laughs> to be a guest again. Yay. All right, so we're just going to dive in because it's interesting. There's this phrase that we've been hearing a lot about in our industry lately, and it's marketing is the new sales. And it keeps coming up over and over again. And I'm curious and would like your perspective of where you think that phrase originated. So I have to admit, totally taking this topic from one of our clients and she is a genius. And when she said it during a meeting, it really resonated and it really motivated me. I never thought I wanted to be in sales until she said, listen, we got to show that marketing is the new sales. I was like, yes, <laughs> the moment I didn't know I was waiting for has come. <laughs> I think a lot has contributed to this. And I'll also say that, so the comment was made probably early January, getting ready to do plans. And since then I've been looking for you know, what has been the catalyst of a lot of marketers wanting to step into this role of being the new sales. Why is it important? Is this a good thing? Should we be responsible for sales? Is this something that B2B marketing is going to help grow our industry as marketers, as well as our businesses? So I, I had a lot of questions. I've done a lot of research, but even though we're having this conversation today, I feel like I've only scratched the surface. So this will be very interesting to put this out there and get some reaction and feedback from others and see what their perspective is and what they've learned as we're going on this journey where one thing is for sure, marketing has more sales responsibility and more tools to close deals online than ever before. So what I think primarily contributed to this is definitely the pandemic. I feel like there isn't an episode that we have where we don't talk about it, Yep. but it forced us to start building relationships online, having more webinars instead of in-person trade shows, and the people tasked with hosting those webinars, coming up with the content, owning those relationships for marketers. And coming out of that, we've always been asked, what's the ROI on this? Where can I see the return? So coming out of these new forms of content, and for many of us, they were new, they've always been around, but for some of us, we were trying you know, virtual trade shows and webinars for the first time. People wanted to see the return. Just here alone, we did three customer portals that allowed our clients to more directly engage and sell to customers. And that is the first time that's ever happened here. We work on so many SEO and content and email and marketing automation and CRM projects, but during the pandemic was the first time it was all about commercial selling and commercial relationships online. So the pandemic is the number one trend, but also the availability of the tech. If we didn't have access to those applications, if they weren't marketer friendly, then it wouldn't have been possible. 
And it can't just be marketer friendly for me, who's the CTO at a marketing company. It has Mm -hmm. to be marketing friendly for the client. Mm -hmm. Us, like a lot of other service providers, have the philosophy that we develop for our clients to take over and manage their new tool to really scale. And we're always there to support, but to get the most out of any technology, there's got to be some things that are repeatable and scalable on the client side. Mm -hmm. So I think we took a step back and started being required to sell, you know, those tools, those applications were there. Another phenomenon that has always been there, but became more important in this transformation was connectivity. So there are so many platforms to choose from. And whenever we're building out a new tech stack specifically for portals or selling, we're looking at what combination of tools works best for that client and in their environment. So if you're an application that's having a walled garden, you probably didn't get picked up as much as applications that also integrate easily into some core platforms. Mm -hmm. A lot of our clients are already on WordPress or HubSpot or Salesforce. Almost everybody already has a core platform. And so a lot of the ability to use APIs in a really efficient way so that the customer's experience could stay really seamless and it didn't feel like they were leaving a place that they were already comfortable, that also allowed us to start really selling and selling in a way that the conversion rate might be at, it remains to be seen. I was going to say higher than selling offline, but <laughs> I think we're still a little too new. Yeah. Getting a little ahead of myself, but <laughs> we you know, can keep our fingers crossed and hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of speaks to like sort of this momentum and motivation I'm feeling now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being in the driver's seat of what drives revenue. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a good point. So like, what are your feelings about marketers taking more onus on that, on, on the sales process. Do you think that's a good thing, a bad thing? How, what are your thoughts? I think it's a really good thing. I feel like for a large part of my career here at Tenlo, we've always been challenged to help show the value of our clients' marketing efforts. So if they're doing SEO, if they're doing a content strategy, paired with a marketing automation nurture series, what we're always looking to do is measure the contribution to pipeline. But that can be challenging in a lot of environments, again, because things aren't connected, because we don't have access to where the sale actually closes, because distributors and wholesalers or brokers or retailers don't share that final buy data. So we're trying to take data we're getting back in aggregate and say, how can we use the attribution management we have, which is just measuring the steps that we can see in our funnel to try and guesstimate guesstimate (laughs) what our contribution was. Where if if marketing is the new sales and we can sell directly online, we can see that sales close. Now, if you have any attribution management model set up, it's much more accurate. You can use the simple tags in AdWords for Mm -hmm. e-commerce close. Things that I feel like consumer marketers, and certainly I always took for granted on the consumer marketing side and e-commerce have really been a challenge on the B2B side. So I think it's a good thing because it proves out the value of marketing. 
I also think it's one of the main drivers as to why we're seeing this trend. Marketers in the last decade have done a much better job of content marketing, of building that trust, of putting out data, articles, services that add value to their customers. And now customers are using those tools to compare their options online and have this added convenience of just buying. If you can build enough trust and equity in your marketing with your content and your digital experiences, then you are more likely to be able to sell online. And you can start cashing in basically on the value you've already built with that base. So I I think it's a good thing. We're new. I don't know, maybe in a year we can see and learn from some downsides Uh of selling directly. But so far, it's just been really rewarding to be able to see a sale all the way through. And, and during the pandemic, the amount people are willing to spend online on commercial services, professional services went way up again, out of necessity. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just like these onesie twosie one-offs. Mm-hmm. It, well, some commercial buyers went to the e-commerce version of their distributor wholesaler. Some started using Amazon for specific types of things. And we've seen, you know, large growth in Amazon's B2B universe. But those marketers who have been able to build that trust and equity right now have also had the opportunity to sell directly and and are really reaping the benefits. And that's a good place for a break. We'll be back in a minute. The global pandemic has changed marketing and sales as we know it. To plan and prepare for what's next, sign up for a one-hour remote digital readiness session with Tenlo. We'll talk about opportunities to align your digital marketing tactics to your business goals. Plus, you'll receive a digital readiness playbook with immediate next steps to execute measurable digital marketing tactics to drive growth. For more info and to sign up, go to Tenlo.com. And now back to our show. So you listed quite a few reasons why this is a good thing, but there's always got to be that other side. Are there any potential pitfalls or challenges or things that maybe aren't so good about marketing becoming the new sales? Oh, yes. So definitely. One, not everyone can do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's been a major blocker in some projects Mm -hmm. is, you know, how do we know we have the inventory? Do we have the distribution to support selling directly? Are we going to tick off the retailers or our distribution partners? Because one thing for sure, partners, retailers are incredibly important. I think the piece that we really need to solve is, are we getting incremental sales by going directly or, and or how much are we cannibalizing from our partners? It's different for every industry. I feel like we have some clients where having to see a commercial product, especially highly engineered technical products that are super duper large, at some point you're going to, you're going to be in person. There are specific types of equipment that is maybe if you're rebuying it's online and that could be a strategy, but I feel like the same is true for even on consumer products. And, Mm -hmm. but there is a rise in consumers wanting to buy more online and in channels where they're already consuming the content that matters most to them. So for example, social media, specifically Instagram, one in four moms is on Instagram 
And the vast majority of them are following brands and products that they like. Uh So they have elected to see this brand's content. They want to interact with it. And then they're buying because Uh they're already there. They already see it. And it feels very natural just to buy directly from Instagram. Does that mean that one of the retail partners for that brand lost a sale? I don't know. (laughs) You know, like Uh we're, we're looking at doing some regional tests right now to try and help our clients answer that question. But one thing that I feel like might be true is they may have never gotten the sale to start with had they not been on Instagram. Yeah. Because I know for a lot of audiences, product discovery starts on social. Mm-hmm. And if I've already done enough comparing, I'll just share a personal story. I recently bought a bathing suit off of Instagram, something I think I would have thought was always an in-person purchase, <laughs> you know. Bathing suits got a fit, but there were really nice guides that helped me make sure I got the right size. I compared it to other suits. I had all their reviews in front of me. I loved the style that was tagged. And so I bought it right from there. Uh I feel like the same is going to be true of baby products. Like I might go to a store and sort of survey the land of all my options I just remember building the registry for my kids and being overwhelmed by how much baby equipment. Yep. There. Too many choices. Yeah. Way too many choices, mm-hmm. but social media definitely helps you sort through that. So now I can go follow those brands, look at reviews, ask my friends. And yes, if you're in my channels where I'm already comparing products and saying, I can buy it right there, then you're getting that sale. So I'm not sure if are we cannibalizing is the right question. I feel like a, maybe we also have to measure how incremental is the sale or, or would I have lost this sale uh-huh. to a competitor? Because if your space hasn't moved there, your competitors are not selling in social channels or directly, then there's an opportunity for you to step in and get the sales, not to lose them. Because what we've certainly seen from the data is that audiences want to buy more online. Uh It doesn't mean everything, but the data suggests that they want to buy more online and they want to buy in the places where they're consuming content they trust. Uh Well, and you mentioned the pandemic at the beginning of the show, and it really has influenced how we behave today and into the future. And I think Many of us were forced to turn to e-commerce because we were all locked away at home and we just became more comfortable with it. And again, as personal consumers, some of that behavior translates into our B2B world. So I think people are becoming more comfortable with buying online, even if it is a service or a B2B product. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's on the commercial side, on the B2B side, if it's a product I've already bought, tested, and used, Mm -hmm. if I'm getting content directly from the manufacturer, if I'm starting to build a relationship there, do, do I have different options? Do I have a more direct relationship that benefits me differently than, than going through an intermediary? And not everyone does. Sometimes it makes way more sense to keep all your stuff with a distributor because it's convenient. You have the relationship. They have the expertise across product lines. There's tons of benefits 
But then in other cases where you just want that on autopilot and you want more direct support from the people actually making the product, I think there, I mean, the data says there's an appetite there. I think it's for every company to look at and say, is there something unique that we're providing that gives us the opportunity to go direct? Mm -hmm. So now that marketers are contributing more to sales, are they being held accountable for that? Are there certain goals now that they are being asked to hit from the leadership of their teams? Yes. Absolutely. And it starts with first, tell us who these customers are that we either want to buy directly from us or that currently are, because we need to understand more about them. And then how do we scale those efforts and scale them profitably? So when we've been faced with these questions, it's been really exciting because we can see the data all the way through and we've seen our clients and us say, yes, we're ready to be held accountable and we want to be. We don't have to beg for the closing data. If you're selling directly, you, you get it. And even if for those who don't have the distribution or don't have the access to inventory to sell directly, directly, you can get a better idea of where your customers are buying and the influence of your marketing by using some tools like a price spider or a price sink, there's, man, there are so many. Now I'm blanking. <laughs> we can to some of them too. Panel site. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a bunch where it just doesn't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. but you know, there's selling directly. They checked out at my own shopping cart. And then there's, I put my content in the place I know they value most, but I'm still sending them to buy online Mm -hmm. at the place that they prefer. And I feel like that's what everyone needs to focus on is you will get more sales overall if you are making your cart available where they want to buy. Mm -hmm. And then that also helps alleviate the cannibalization concern or some issues you might have with your partners. It is all about the customer's going to buy where they want to buy. Are you there? And if you're not there, you're not getting the sale. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, marketers are being held more accountable, wading into this gently because nobody wants to tick anyone off. But overall, everyone has really been open to that accountability and excited to share those metrics and insights to help generate growth at the highest level. hmm So if you're on a marketing team and you really want to start becoming sales and start contributing to sales more, are there any steps you can take to start doing that? Yeah. So here at Tenlo, we have a market research arm, NSRC. They do a fantastic job of helping us and our clients find where their consumers are shopping, what their needs and motivations are. And so if people have not done market research in a while, I would highly recommend you refresh that because a lot has changed. A lot has been expedited where your customers shop today, their perception of buying online has certainly shifted. I mean, I Mm -hmm. feel like before, not, I feel like this is not a feeling. This is a study <laughs> that was actually published in a study that one of our clients contracted. It said about 1% are going to actually buy commercial products online. And then during the pandemic, the amount of actual commercial products 
bought online went was much higher than 1%, 10, 12, 13%, which is an enormous amount of growth. So mm-hmm. there has been a shift, some shifts even larger than that in other industries. So I, I would start with some market research and really making sure you understand where your customer wants to buy, because that's what it's all about. Where do they want to buy? Then the second thing is use digital tools to start looking at how they're interacting with your content and your competitors' content at different stages of the journey. So how are they using Instagram? How are they using LinkedIn? Are they using other more niche portals to really get connected to services and professional products within your space? Because everyone's research, when we closed down trade shows, went online and people found some really interesting routes to make sure they were getting data before they bought. And I think we all started acting a little bit more like consumers. We all started Googling more. So search has always been important, now Mm -hmm. more important than ever. So my third recommendation is, are you optimized for the questions your clients are asking? So that market research can help with that. They're looking at tools to see the overlap of where your audience goes to research versus where they buy versus where they get influence can certainly help. And then make sure you're putting in the work to build that trusting content on your website. You want to have a really strong own space so not everything is on rented land. And these are principles we've lived by as we've grown in content marketing, but now they're made more important to connect to selling directly to the consumer or at least presenting them with options to buy where they want to buy directly from your content and your experience. Yeah. Those are great tips. And I think everyone can benefit from trying those and using those. So we're about out of time. So before we wrap up, are there any last thoughts that you have? I don't have any last thoughts (laughs) other than to say, I mean, it'd be really great to get some feedback on this and hear more about what other people have tried. Mm -hmm. I think marketing is entering a new era and It will be exciting to exchange ideas on how to better reach, measure, and attribute sales now that we're getting a little bit more action and play out there. So you can reach me at tessa at tenlo.com or visit us at tenlo.com. Click on podcast. There's a chat there that actually goes to Cheryl and I as well. Uh Just topics, ask questions. Maybe you want to be a guest. Maybe somebody wants to be a guest and comments on this or join us for our office hours, which we just started, which is just an open discussion on topics we've covered in the podcast. Mm -hmm. So yeah, again, this was all like my perspective, my observations on what we're seeing. So I'm really excited to keep this conversation going and help our clients accelerate their contribution even more. Great. Like Tessa said, you can contact us on tenlo.com and we would love to have you as a guest, hear your questions and thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. You've been listening to another episode of Leader Generation by Tenlo Radio. Be sure to subscribe on tenloradio.com.